Good to see you. Thanks for being here. Merry Christmas to everybody. I just want to know if you are just delighted that Jesus came to this earth to connect you with God. Will you honor him on whatever campus you're at? If you're at Prosper, if you're at Louisville, will you put your hands together for the one who came? But he came to give his life so that you can get a connection with our Heavenly Father. What an incredible God we serve. All right, let's get it going. Let's get to work. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for divine appointments. And that's what you've given us tonight, a divine appointment with you. I pray that you'll remove me so you can speak freely. I pray for every heart that's listening online and in person. God, will you be glorified in this place? Will you prepare every heart for the word that you're going to plant in our hearts today? In Jesus' name we pray. And all boys and girls and all adults say... Amen. Thanks for being here again. Um, this last week, I, I, was, I was wrestling with a question that an eight-year-old asked me. An eight-year-old asked me a very good question, a very theological question, but he didn't know it was a theological question. So he asked me, here's the question, what's so merry about Christmas? An eight-year-old asked me that, and I thought, hmm. That's a good question. So then he continued, he continued, and he said something like this. Um, why did Christmas have to happen? I'm like, are you sure you want to know the answer to that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me ask another one. Let me ask another one. He said, he continued, he said, can you help me to understand, please, why do we do all this gifts? Why, we do we, why do we get such a long time off? I'm not complaining, he said. I like the time off, he said. But I'm just curious. Why do we get all this long time off, uh, like two weeks or so, just to, just to celebrate this thing called Christmas? Why is everybody going all around, getting all these gifts, bringing it together? Why are we going to have a family time on Christmas Day? What's all the, what's all the drama for? I said, young man. You don't even know. You just helped me with my Christmas sermon. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Anyways. And so I want to I wanna wrestle with that. What the next time you say Merry Christmas, what are you really saying? That's what I want to talk about. So why don't you come with me to Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to go there. We're going to start there. Then we're going to go to Colossians chapter 2. And then we're going to land in Psalm chapter 8. All right? So let's, let's start in Hebrews, the second chapter, verse number 14 and 15. That's all we can handle today. So, so I'm going to read it. And then we're just going to walk through it a little bit and see why do we say Mary? Say that with me one more. Why do we say, here's the word, Merry Christmas? Why do we really say that? Come on, let's see if we can figure it out. The text starts with therefore, which means you ought to ask, what is it therefore? Since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook, that is shared in flesh and blood, partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the enemy or the devil. Verse 15, here's what it says. And might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. There it is. Just all I got to say to you today. Let's see if we can break it down so you can get why Christmas is so merry. 
Why is this thing called Christmas? An eight-year-old wrestled with it and asked me the question. And I thought, boy, if that ain't a Christmas sermon, I have never heard one. So we're not going to Luke chapter 2. We're not going to Matthew chapter 1 or 2. We're going to Hebrews chapter 2. Let's see what he has to say. Why is Christmas so merry? You see, ladies and gentlemen, whether you know it or not, all of us were subject to slavery all our lives. What was the slavery for? The fear of death. Being subject to this thing called the fear of death. See, many people, um, if you're here today, you struggle with this thing called death. So you are afraid, many people are, of, of, of dying or you're afraid of losing a loved one or you're afraid of losing a mom or a dad. You're afraid of it because death, you argue, uh, creates separation and you don't like separation. But that's why Jesus came. He came so that death is no longer a period. It is now a comma so that even if somebody knows Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, you should say to death, death, where is your sting? And grave, you do nothing to me because if I can't see them now, the good news is because of Christmas, I'm going to see them later if I know Jesus as well. So what Jesus sets this up to say is, here's why I had to come. I had to come because fundamentally there was a problem in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 27. God said, I wanted to create and give man all power over everything that I have created. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve showed up. He created them. And so God said, I'm going to give you some instruction, Adam. Then you're going to create an environment so your wife can thrive. And then you should be overs you should let everything be subjective to you and then what happened then a serpent showed up called the enemy and he said well you can't really believe god just like he's telling many of us today you can't really believe god so what you ought to do is do your own thing just like he's doing today so now he says, um, did God really say you can't eat? Did God really, no, that's really not what he said. Or he said, you know what, all Jesus, all God wants to do is just not let you be like him. Therefore, watch what happened. Something happened in Genesis chapter 2 that changed all of human history. What happened in Genesis chapter 2 is man gave the enemy the power to rule in the whole earth. Man had it. And the enemy said, if you follow me and disrespect God, then I get the power. Now, when I have the power, now I will rule. So we gave it to him. The rest of the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, is all about how Jesus got it back. Let me help you out. So then he created, after that fall, Genesis chapter 3, then the enemy said, good. But Jesus said a statement that terrified the enemy. He said, I'm going to crush your head. So all the Bible story is, is waiting and anticipating when that head would be crushed. So it started with, with, with Cain killing Abel. And the enemy says, I got it. Nothing can happen from here because we took out uh, uh, Abel. And then Seth showed up. The line continues. So then it continues all the way through the Old Testament and all the way through the, to the, to the, to the um, legal system and the law, all the way through. And then it shows up in the book of Matthew that Jesus showed up. Now the enemy got nervous again. 
And through him, he said, let's kill all the babies. Let's kill all of them. Let's take them away. So they got nervous. Uh, we got to get him. We got to get him. And then that didn't work. So then the enemy took him to the wilderness. Showed up in the wilderness and said, hey, man, if you do this, I'll give you everything. I'll give you all power. Joker, you got it from Adam, who I created. So quit tripping like you have the power. But he says, the time is coming. And then came the moment when he had to go to the cross. And when he went to the cross, he says, Satan, let me help you out. From this day forward, I'm taking back from you what you stole from Adam in Genesis chapter 3. And whoa, 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 don't clap yet. And I'm now going to give it back to them so that they can take their rightful place of leadership over everything I have created. But it had to be a perfect man. One who had never sinned. And it had to be one who had never sinned so that he can now deliver those. Because everyone born of Adam was tainted. Pastor Matt, come on up here. Come on up here, Pastor Matt. Let me show you what it looked like. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, when I first came up with this illustration, I promise you, I was going to let Pastor Matt handcuff me. But no, nobody will snap that shot and put it all over social media. So we decided to flip it. So he, I will handcuff him, praise the Lord, on today. Don't, don't clap. This is not appropriate to clap right there either. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is different. You can take this shot all you long. You're in the click, click, click. But you're not going to have him handcuff me and then put that everywhere. So anyways, uh, you're messing up my story. So anyways, here's what really happened. Every man, every woman, every child born of the end, uh, born of Adam now is handcuffed to something. And he's now handcuffed. To something called sin. No, you can't shake it. You were born in it. So everywhere Matt goes, pick it up, Pastor Matt. Everywhere Matt goes, he takes this with him. It doesn't matter where he goes. It doesn't matter how good he is. It's still there. It doesn't matter how much money he gives. It's still there. It doesn't matter how much good he gives. Some of the people he feeds. It doesn't matter. It's still there. Because until... The perfect man showed up. And until the perfect man had the key to unlock it, if Matt trusted him, then forever he will walk around with that until the day he dies. Why is this so important? Because, let me the key now. I hope you have it. Praise the Lord. We got it. We got it. He, 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 no, this is, real. this is the real one too, by the way. So, so here's what had to happen. Jesus had to come. Can I, can, did that, that didn't work, Pastor Matt. Oh, Lord, that didn't work. How about that? There we go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, here, so here's what really happened, ladies and gentlemen. In the text, here's what really happened. And don't forget it, please. Everywhere you go for the rest of your life, you take sin with you. Until a perfect Savior who never sinned. Because he wasn't born of Adam. He was divinely implanted into Mary. And because he came without sin, now he can, listen, shed and take on, here's what he did, took on all of your sins on him when he hung on that cross. And then he took his righteousness and gave it to Pastor Matt. 
so that when the enemy shows up and says, how dare you? He says, it's not me. It's all Jesus. And every time the enemy hears the name Jesus, he shudders because of the blow he crushed him with on that cross. Let me tell you why Christmas is important. If he did not come, then we would have still been chained to sin. The reason you say Merry Christmas is because there is a God and he sent his son and that son died and he died to, to take away your sins so that you will no longer be separated from God but through him you can be connected with God so that you can have a relationship with God. So the enemy says, but you still have to deal with death and Jesus says, no, no, because my children, if you know me that is, my children, death don't bother them anymore because they're not living just for the 70 years they're living for eternity since they are then it's just a car it's just a comma it's not a period which means ladies and gentlemen absent from the body means I am present with my savior so you take him that's all right I'm gonna see him later so death you're no longer I'm no longer a slave to you most people by the way when the more money you get the only thing really, really rich people worried about is one thing that they can't control. Death. That's why you see them working. That's why they work out so hard. That's why they eat everything because the only thing they can't control is death. But if you're not living just for today, but if you are living for eternity, then you'll make, then you'll use your time to invest, not here, but in eternity. Then you'll use your resources to invest, not just here, but in eternity. Because you are, you are storing stuff up in eternity for when you get there. So people on the other side will say, I can't believe. Do you know the difference you made in my life? That's because death has no longer have a grip over your life. When my son asked me that question, I said, son, let me tell you something. Let me tell you, when you what you mean when you say Merry Christmas. What you mean is I am so glad there was a Savior. And I'm so glad that God loved me so much that he didn't keep his only son to himself. But he decided that he would share his only son and allow him to go through a gruesome death so that I and you could have a relationship with his father only because of Jesus the Christ. So when you say Merry Christmas, what you're saying is, I am glad a savior existed and died for me. So that means I could spend eternity with the father. That's what you're saying. Do not get it twisted, ladies and gentlemen. It is not, oh, I hope you have a good time. Oh, it's not, I hope the food is good. Oh, it's not, I hope everybody is peaceful and love each other. No, no. Don't miss it. What you're saying tomorrow when you get up and you say, Merry Christmas. You're saying, aren't we glad? Aren't we grateful that we had a Savior? That changed the calendar and changed all of human history so that now... You can walk around with your head up and say, and say, devil, when you remind me of my past, I will remind you of where you're going in your future. Now, 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 but there's a double blessing behind this. And I'm going to get to your notes. I don't like notes sometimes because you have to go back there and slow the whole talk down. So I'm going to get there so that you're not mad when you leave. But anyways, um, um, there's a double blessing of Christmas. And what he gives Christians that all the people don't have, 
is that Christians are now the freest people on the planet. We really are, because he's blessed us with two words, comfort and joy. Comfort, think about it now, and joy. Let's talk about that for a moment. Comfort means, comfort means that many of us want comfort food. So we eat food because something on the outside is bothering us, so we eat food to be comforted. Some of us have comfort friends. So you have friends that you run to so that they can comfort you when you're not feeling so good. Some of us have comfort blankies, blankets. So now you don't want, you know, I need this blanket because this blanket's my blanket. And I need my blanket so I can feel comfortable. All of those are responding to something on the outside that you want to see comfort on the inside, but it's because of something on the outside. That's when you're seeking external comfort. But then the smarter we got as a nation, as a country, and as a world, now we believe the enlightenment drives us inside. And so we believe the light is on the inside. So now we say, well, I can find comfort on the inside. And you think it's not external. No, that's old school. New school is we can just think our way out of the problem or out of our misery. Same thing with joy. We can find joy on the inside because the light is on the inside. We tried on the outside, external, it didn't work. We tried on the inside, internal, and now we find out that more people are depressed more than ever before because they've tried the outside, didn't work. Tried the inside, it didn't work. That's because it's not external, nor is it internal. It really is eternal. Oh, you're not getting it. All right, I'm going to do a little more work. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm going to do a little more work. Here's what Jesus said. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, he set joy right here. He said joy. Let's say joy. He said, he said, he said, for the joy set before me, I endured the cross. It's not that I'm not going through pain. It's not that I'm not going through a difficult time. But there is something eternal on the other side that I am walking through the difficult situation because of something eternal that I am going after. For the joy set before me, I endured the cross. I endured the nails. I endured the spear. I endured the nail in my feet. I endured the saliva in my eye and in my mouth when they spat on me. I endured the crown of thorns on my head, but it was all because of the joy set before me. Too many of us are looking for joy on the inside. Too many of us are looking for joy on the outside. When your joy is linked to your eternal, not your purpose, your eternal, not just your purpose, your eternal purpose that God's called you to. So without an eternal purpose, then all your joy will be fleeting. It will be momentary at best, but it will not be eternal. You've got to link up with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, will you show me what my connection is and where my joy in my purpose is so I can walk in it? And the more I walk in it, I can go through the trials and the tribulation of life for the joy set before me. We have way too many people looking for joy everywhere else except up. And you can keep looking all you want. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to come to your knees one day. And you're going to come to the conclusion that the only way I have satisfying joy that lasts eternally is if it's through the man, Christ Jesus. The one that we celebrate Christmas for. So... Let me see if I can end it this way. Um, a man one day decided that he wanted to give his girlfriend a gift on her birthday. 
So he had a really beautiful box that he designed and set up. He goes to the restaurant with his girlfriend, and they sit together. And the girlfriend really excitingly wants to open the box. And he says, not just yet. Not just yet. So he says, yeah, 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 but I, have to, I can't eat the steak. I can't eat the lobster. I can't eat all of that until I know what the gift is. So calm down. At the end of her dinner, you will eat. So she went through the dinner moment. She got to the end of it. Can I open it now? She says, yes, yes, yes. You can open it now. So he, kept, he tore the gift up. She tore the gift up and opened it up. And it was a pillow. So she said, okay, no problem. There's something inside of it. So she's trying to see where's the, what's inside. She looked on the outside, nothing. She said, this is what you gave me for my birthday, a pillow? Does it have some kind of special mechanism in here? Some kind of, he says, no, babe. So she says, no, she's all right. So Reza, you're going to celebrate my day by giving me a pillow. He says, yeah. She says, can I have it? She gave it to him. He got down on one knee. And he said, will you marry me? He says, so you and me, you know what he does? He says, what you're celebrating as Christmas, you don't even realize the full meaning behind it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down for you so you understand the full meaning and the double meaning of this thing called Christmas. I'm giving you comfort like you've never experienced it before. And I'm giving you joy that nobody else can give you. And even though you don't fully comprehend it, it's still my gift to you. Because one day, you will fully comprehend the magnitude of the gift called Christmas that Jesus gave to you. Woo! Woo! So now, right before we light our candles and sing, here's the question you must ponder, just like my eight-year-old asked me. What are you going to do with Christmas now? What are you going to do with Christmas? He did all the work, and now he's asking you, do you have a relationship with me? If you don't, all you have to do is ask, and I will enter into your life. That's all you have to do. The question is, are you going to walk away again and say, oh, I'll do it next year? That means Christmas won't be merry for you because the God of the world died for you, and the best gift you can give him is by saying, here I am, take my life. Would you allow the Jesus in Christmas to do that for you? We're going to sing. And in closing, we're going to sing a simple song that says, Silent Night. The world was dark until the light of the world showed up. The question is, what are you going to do with the light when it comes knocking?